T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, Want to thank the last hour we had Supervisor Brian Culpa on and uh, property owner John Casamitidas, both of them giving their points of view. You know, again, it hasn't gotten much attention outside of this article in Wednesday's paper, but I think it's a very interesting story that keeps developing. You think it's gone, you know, it's kind of like. What am I trying? What am I trying to say here? It, it's, what are you trying to say, Joe? It's kind of like the bills. You think they're done, ah, yes. and they come back. Um, very, very interesting people at the heart of this too. Um, yes, John Castetimidis. I'm really happy he called in, Joe. Interesting gentleman. If you do a little research on him, he is, as I mentioned, the definition of the American dream. The way he really he emigrated, um, I think, as a baby from Greece, came to the U.S. and has um, really made a name for himself and done quite well financially and here he is butting heads with the amherst town supervisor brian Kalpa uh, about this small parcel of land at the corner of kenmore and niagara falls boulevard uh, i i give both of those gentlemen credit for coming on and putting forth their opinion on it uh, we'd love to know what you have to say about that it's hard to know what to believe in this case joe both guys seem really you know uh, dug in on their positions uh, eminent domain i think is a really risky thing to get into because I don't like the government to have that kind of power. Um, but at the same time, I wonder why um, uh, our, our John Castamedias, who owns that property, won't do something about it. It's sat vacant for so long. He's really dug in and doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't feel another park is necessary in the town of Amherst. Really, is it his position to say? I suppose it is since he owns the property. I mean, you do have a guy that has pay taxes on the property for the last 20 years, and maybe it did just get lost in the shuffle. I mean, the guy does own a lot of properties. As he said, he owns a radio station, has a show on that station. So so maybe it just got lost in the shuffle. Now he does know about it. Maybe give him, you know, a year or two and say, okay, we're going to pull back, give you two years. Like I said, it seems like when he owns property and develops, it's a success. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens here. I don't think we've heard the end of it. As Brian Culpa said, still in the courts. Right. Um, Amherst really can't act on it. But Casamitidis can't right now either. I mean, right now it's really in the courts' hands. I wonder if Casamitidis would feel differently if he drove by that parcel every day. <laughs> it's not a very attractive piece of property. That's a good point. Uh, and, and like yeah. I said, everyone in Western New York knows what we're talking about. Right. You know, if you pointed out, they've all been there. It's not, it's not the busiest intersection, but enough people have been oh, it's, in that area. It's pretty busy. Especially if you're going from South Campus to North Campus. True. Oh, yeah. All right. So some big news coming down Friday, right at the end of my show, by the way. Uh, Roger Stone found guilty on all charges. 
Uh, now, that came down at 11.53 on my Friday show. We brought you the update uh, and obviously got reaction throughout the day. We have a few clips from Michael Caputo. Brenda, what do you say we play those and then react? Let's do it. All right. This was Michael Caputo talking with Tom Puckett uh, Friday right after the news broke. And by the way, Michael was at the trial. Right. So he was there for all of this. If you follow him on Twitter, I'm sure you knew that. Here is Michael Caputo's reaction to the um, Roger Stone verdict. There's no way a normal American stands a chance at justice with an Obama judge and a D.C. jury. Uh, it's sad to see it actually happen, but it was, it was always going to be this way. Uh, Roger Stone didn't do any more than, than uh, uh, John Brennan, James Comey, Hillary Clinton, James Clapper. I mean, every single one of those people blatantly lied to Congress. And the problem we have in America is that Congress spends so much time lying to us, and they don't really care if their allies lie back to them. The problem here is not that, that Roger Stone lied to Congress. The problem here is that Roger Stone convinced a billionaire to run for president and took away everything from these Washington Beltway types. And this is what he's being punished for. The problem was Roger never stood a chance at all. So when the jury stood up to leave the room, I couldn't actually, my legs wouldn't lift me. I didn't plan to do it. My legs just wouldn't lift me after two weeks of watching the charade. And when I was told to stand up, I did, but I turned my back on what I thought was a very disrespectful enterprise. We were standing outside the elevator, and, and I said, man, this is frustrating. I don't know how you do this every day. And he said, it's just a job, sir. And I said, I think I'd rather die. And he looked at me, and he said, that can be arranged. So that was Michael Caputo live right after uh, the verdict was read in Washington, D.C. Brenda, I think we all know what happened with Roger Stone the uh, found guilty of lying to Congress, all that stuff. I want to get right to the to the conclusion of this. Does the president pardon him? Well, uh, Roger Stone's daughter asked, uh, I think it was Tucker Carlson on Fox, that uh, she was hoping that the president would indeed pardon her father. Um, I don't know. I, I think he may very well do so. Uh, I also think he may pardon Chris Collins. So it'll be interesting to see if both of these gentlemen get pardoned by Donald Trump. After the election. Yes. I don't think anything happens For, before I the election. I absolutely agree with you on that, on the timing. Now, do you think this was, as Michael put it, a bias uh, court from the beginning? I mean, let's be honest. Hillary Clinton lied to Congress. She lied when she was part of an investigation. President Clinton was impeached for lying to Congress. Last time I checked, neither of them have done any jail time. I think uh, what Michael Caputo said probably has uh, some bearing on what happened when he said that the foreman of the jury was, I think, a, a former Democratic committeeman or somebody who had some power in uh, Democratic politics in the D.C. area. So that's uh, another reason I think President Trump will pardon Roger Stone. Yeah, and I think so, too. But like you said, and I think Chris Collins as well. And I think that's a foregone conclusion, but it will be after the election. Either way the election goes, I think those two men will be pardoned. Now, we also talked with Paul Cambria on what witness tampering is and then what Roger Stone's looking at as prison time. First, 
Here is the witness tampering that Cambria says is the most serious. It will be looked at as a very serious offense by the judge when they are calculating the guidelines. So that's the one that he could catch some serious time for. Theoretically, he could get 50 years uh, realistically imposing the guidelines, which is how it's done in federal court. He's probably looking at at least five, six, seven years, especially for witness tampering. So witness tampering seems to be the big one, uh, according to Paul Cambria. Uh, And again, the Clintons were not accused of witness tampering. So my argument for that, I guess, is thrown out the door. I guess his jail time would be for the witness tampering, I, not the line to Congress. That's the uh, the more serious uh, allegation, and now uh, conviction is indeed the witness tampering. But what do you say, Brenda? Um, because, you know, politically we've had some disagreements. What do you think of Michael Caputo when he said that, that, he was, that Roger Stone is guilty of getting Trump elected? Do you think this has to do with Roger Stone's ties to President Trump? Do you think they would have been lighter on Roger Stone had he not been a Trump confidant? In a word, yes. You know, Joe, I've had my issues with President Trump and the way he conducts himself. And and even you have said that, too, about he tweets way too much and really is sometimes his own worst enemy. Uh, I do think it's been very difficult for that established Washington Beltway community to deal with a guy like Trump. Love him or hate him. He's a different kind of cat. So I think anybody who is uh, helpful to Trump and helping him uh, assume some power and ascend to the highest office in the land, be the most powerful person, you know, uh, arguably in the world, will will um, suffer from some fallout. And I think that Stone may be among them. Is Stone a choir boy? Probably not. But I think anybody who is connected with Trump, and especially if you have people on their jury who are known you know, uh, powerful people and the opposite party, it certainly will, I think, be tainted by Stone's association with Trump. We, we always have this discussion, it seems, on, uh, on Sunday. The divide has gotten scary. Yes, to it has. Where sure. people literally despise other people just for their, uh, their political take. Uh, you know, and me, uh, I have, I do one show here during the week uh, on Friday. And the things that people say, about me, they have nothing to do with what my political opinion is, but they just attack anything because they disagree with my politics. Right. I mean, it's so petty. It's very petty, Joe. It's very childish. And, and you and I don't agree on politics um, often, I would say, right? I think that's fair to say. We have different points of view. That's what makes this show, we can still call it hardline. We right. have both opinions. But I'm not going to attack you as a man, as a person. I mean, you have your rights, and I have a right to have an opinion. And I'd like to think I evolve. You know, there's certain things I agree with with President Trump. But just because I don't agree with everything doesn't make me a left-wing communist. Right. Uh, it, it, so in attacking people, these ad hominem attacks, I think, are completely off base and wrong. And in no way do I agree with anybody threatening Caputo's family no. or anybody else for that matter. No, I, I just wish that we could we could have conversations with people who politically disagree with us without it getting to the point where you have name calling. And I, I know I've gone on this rant repeatedly on this show, Brenda, uh, but it seems to always come up. I, I wish that, you know, you could have discussions with people from the other side. And I said this at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it now. I wish members in government that might have different political beliefs than me would come on this show and discuss their policy, discuss 
what it is they're trying to accomplish. Not just do it during an election time, but maybe after the election. Come on here and talk to people who might not have voted for you. Yes, you might be talking to people who didn't vote for you, but guess what? You still represent represent them. them. They are still people you are supposedly going to work for. And those people have a right to their opinion, but it doesn't mean you should run and hide. Exactly. Great way to put it. Great way to put it. And on that note, Brenda, we will take a quick break. No, you know what? I'm calling an audible. You want to go to the phones? I'm calling an audible. We'll just take this to 25, Scott. Let's go to John in Williamsville, who's been hanging on. John, good morning. Good good morning. Happy Sunday to you. Just a couple quick comments. I, You know, uh, Stone and um, the local guy, Caputo, those guys are provocateurs. They spent their whole life as political provocateurs, and Roger Stone uh, proudly calls himself a trickster. And he's, he actually worked uh, under and with uh, Richard Nixon. That's how far back he goes. I'm an older guy. I remember some of this stuff. And uh, Stone, Stone was convicted at recently last week for, frankly, crimes. You know, a lot of uh, eyes wide open, smart people, a jury of 12 convicted him. And I had a hard time listening to Caputo's excuses. But another thing on Stone, if you go back further, in the Gore-Bush election in Florida, a lot of people may not be aware of this. When they were in the middle of the recount. And in the midst of that recount, you may recall that there was a, a group of people dressed in suits, and they, they rushed the counting room. There was, I forget how many there were, six, eight, or 12. They rushed the counting room. They interrupted and stopped all the counting because the Republicans were deathly afraid that Gore was going to win the election. After that event, the, the courts, they stopped counting. They froze everything and said, we, we don't have enough time to count the votes. We're going to send it to the Supreme Court, and we all know the rest. And Roger Stone is not a lightweight, and he, is, uh, he has lived a life, in my opinion, that is um, less than honorable. And I'm, I, for one, am delighted to see him finally get caught. John, do you think he will ultimately be pardoned by President Trump? Well, he probably will. And, and think about it. If that happens, we are, we are living in a Shakespearean play. Only Shakespeare could write something like this. It's crazy. Well, certainly nobody could have predicted the way uh, these elections have gone over the past two years, John. Well, I, you know, I, I, listen, I check in and listen to you guys. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're biased. You're biased. Uh, you're, you're leaning conservative. I understand that. I liked it last week when you had Hardwick on. And I, I know you try and provide a balanced uh, approach, and most of the time you do. But occasionally, and I hear some of this stuff, um, like the guys on the other side, like Rambo, Jim, he gets all cranked up. You know, I get that. Um, but we should at least have open debate without, without threatening people and exchange, uh, you know, have a battle of ideas and let it stop there. Amen. 100% agree, John. Thank you so much for the call. It's well said, Joe. It is. And John in Williamsville opens up a line for you. 803-0930. Patrick and John, we will get to you after this break and news with Neil McManus here. It's Hardline on WBE. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And... Scott Miller with the A-plus bumps today. <laughs> we have to bring Scott back, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Scott, thanks for showing up two hours early. Greatly appreciated. It is Hardline with me, Joe Beamer, her, Brenda Alacy, back. The team back this week. The B-team. And uh, we're glad you're joining us for pregame coverage. Of course, 1 o'clock, Bills Miami. We'll get into that at the end of the show. Let's get some people who have patiently been on hold including our friend John in Rochester. John, good morning. Hey, Joe. Hey, Brenda. Morning, John. Uh, yeah, you know, Rainbow Jim, I got to say, I agree with him on one thing. Uh, I think of Steve Scalise, who survived an assassination attempt, along with a lot of his colleagues, uh, going back a couple of years ago, and Mike Caputo, who was under uh, attack, under uh, threats, serious threats. And so I backed Jim on his offer to Mike, and, Anyway, that's that's another story. But, but you know, uh, one of your callers, previous callers, John, I think from Williamsville, sounds like a pretty pretty good guy. I disagree with him on his point of view in that he called us Shakespearean uh, theater uh, that Mike or uh, uh, Roger Stone is involved with. But he, he doesn't. He misses the big picture. The pi- big picture is under Obama's watch. The biggest scandal in American history happened. That is the collusion between the CIA, the FBI, Justice Department, and a lot of intelligence agencies, etc., to frame a uh, uncon- in an unconstitutional manner a citizen-, citizen by the name of Trump who was running for president, and also a president by the name of Trump uh, who is president. And uh, there is a criminal investigation right now, as you guys know, uh, by. Uh, uh, the Justice Department into that right now, and that's the real Shakespearean uh, theater right there. Roger Stone uh, was w- one of the people I think was violated by this collusion, and uh, uh, it, it's just it's so hypocritical. But but so you know where I, uh, I stand on that. Uh, Dan Casamides, the uh, guy uh, you had on your, your show, I. I, I, I really enjoyed his uh, take, and I enjoyed the uh, town supervisor, too. My suggestion here is this. I, I think John is right. I think the town shouldn't have the right to take property in that manner. What they should be doing is they should fine them to clean that property up through a, you know the fine process. I think John is uh, – nego- and I've seen this a lot in uh, real estate deals where – a property owner who doesn't agree with the town's policy, let's say on a zoning issue or whatever, will let a property run down to send a message to the town. And I think that's what this John Casamides did to the town of Amherst. And the town of Amherst said, okay, we're going to take a drastic action and condemn, condemn the property. I think the real solution here is for the town to stop this uh, condemnation 
and uh, use fines to uh, 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 negotiate the situation. What are your thoughts? You know, John, I wonder if it's doable because um, Casamides is paying his taxes apparently on time, so I don't know if they can go over and above that and fine him. Well, there's a uh, there is legislation that was passed, I think, in one of the towns here in the Rochester area called uh, zombie legislation, where the town uh, it does have the power to fine uh, people over zombie zombie properties, uh, lenders and also property owners. So that might be the route the town would want to take, uh, because I agree with John. I think it's unconstitutional for them to take that property uh, in the manner they're taking it. Yeah, that whole idea of eminent domain bothers me, too, because I think that's such an overreach at that point. It, it seems to me that reasonable people should be able to figure out what to do with this property without having to resort to eminent domain. But I, I will also see the supervisors and the town's point. I think John should have a chance to develop the land, but I think you have to put a timetable. I mean, let's be honest, it has been 20 years, and like I said, everyone knows that zombie property we're talking about. Uh, so I, 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 I'm not against them saying, hey, man, we'll give this back to you, but could you at least have something in paper by the end of next year so we know that a, a very valuable piece of land. Now, I agree with John. I don't think it should be a park. I, I think that's, that's a great plot of land for a business to go, maybe a convenience store that could service that area. Uh, but right now, it, it, it could be better than what it is right now. Anything would be better than what it is right that's now. That's true. In fact, I've gone by. It's been a while since I've gone by the intersection, but you're right. It is an eyesore. But, but uh, you know, he, uh, he ran for mayor of New York City. I, I can't remember whether it was 10 years ago or whether he ran against de Blasio, but he actually, I think, ran as a Republican and was very competitive uh, in one of the mayoral races in New York. So not only is he a billionaire, but... He's also active politically. Yes, he certainly is. And he is a voice, literally, on the radio since he owns um, a radio station in New York, among other many other uh, properties and investments that he holds. I've actually heard his show. What did you think, John? I th- it was very good. Very fair and balanced, by the way. He uh, has a, a pretty even number of Republicans and Democrats on his show. He's a, he's a friend of Chuck Schumer, from what I can hear. I've heard Chuck Schumer on his show. And I've heard uh, many Democrats uh, and, and, and Republicans. So he tries to have a fair and balanced show, but he le- he definitely leans conservative. I don't know. There was some mention that he 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 was a Democrat at one point. I think he might be a Republican now, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on that because it's hard to tell when you listen to his show where where he stands. Well, that's isn't that the best? Yeah, he's you know he's got his own. Uh... His own opinions, some on the left, some on the right. He told us he was a Clinton Democrat, um, but now it seems like you said he leans a little more to the right. Yeah, yeah, that's that. that I, I, I'm picking that up. I've listened to his show a couple times, and and uh, that's what I pick up. The other thing I wanted to mention about the condemnation situation is when they uh, expanded the road. I think he said 20 years ago or something. It it took away his ability to uh, operate the station, the convenience part of it, the way he wanted to do it. Uh, and under, I'm not an attorney, but I've, I've owned property before, and I've gone through condemnation situations. Any, anyway, uh, under condemnation law, 
he should have been fairly compensated for the loss of the the development of that property 20 years ago. Uh, So, you know, that's an issue that uh, should have been uh, dealt with 20 years ago. Maybe maybe he had uh, uh, bad, uh, I shouldn't say bad, but he might have lost that in court if he, uh, the court might have ruled against him if he was looking for, in his opinion, just compensation. All right, John in Rochester, always a good call. Thank you. Let's go Joe in Williamsville. Joe, good morning. Good morning, uh, Joe and Brenda. How you doing? Hey, Joe. Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Um, I, wanna, I wanted to go more uh, on the subject of this property and about this Brian Culpa. What, am I mistaken, or didn't he lose the election for town supervisor? No, he is the Amherst town supervisor. Yeah, but I thought he just lost the recent election. He was he the Williamsville not. mayor and then ran for town supervisor and, and was elected town supervisor. Okay, well, you know, they're worried about this property and the way it looks. And in the meantime, I just moved into the Amherst town of Amherst about three years ago. They reassessed the houses at full value as opposed to the way that a percentage and the way they used to do it years ago which now puts taxes between, I don't know, fifty-five dollars and $6,500 a year. That's a lot of money. I feel your pain, Joe. I live in Williamsville, too. It's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, I didn't, if I'd I known they were going to do that, I would have never bought this house. It, this was a retirement gift between my, for myself and my wife. It's kind of our dream house. We bought it. Everything was wonderful. And then all of a sudden we get this news. I mean, it changed the payment. It changed everything. You know, and when you're retired, you're certainly on a fixed income, and uh, that can hurt. You know, that's uh, the type of surprise you never want to get, Joe. I have some real issues with that assessment, too. We should do a show on that, Beam. Uh, I think a lot of people could appreciate that. And, and Joe, I, I understand. Have you made your displeasure known to uh, the officials in the town of Amherst? In fact, I sent Brian Culpa an email he had his email address posted all over the place, so I sent it to him. No response. I gave him a detailed explanation of why I was upset, you know, what I thought. Now, on top of all of this, the leaves just fell. So there's leaves all over the street. Well, we're instructed to, you know, rake them to the curb, and they're going to pick them up. Well, they never did, and then it snowed. So now, talk about messes and eyesores. And considering what I pay for taxes, that's ridiculous. All right, Joe in Williamsville, thanks for the call. Let's go to Pat on a cell phone. Pat, good morning. Hey, you know, I don't understand how these people who would defend this property owner. Uh, anyone who wants to defend them, write down your address. I'll buy the house next to you and turn it into a vacant field, put concrete barriers around it, and uh, uh, leave it alone for 15 years. See how would you uh, how how would you like that? I did, uh, Pat. I didn't say I was taking a side. I said I can understand with all of the property his business owns if he personally lost that property in the shuffle. But I do get the town of Amherst. I get their side as well. It is a eyesore. Nothing's been there for 20 years, and yeah, it's a very could be a very valuable piece of land. Well, they, they offered to purchase it from him. He said no. Under eminent domain rules, they have to get 
uh, an appraisal on it and pay the fair market value. So he's not getting gypped out of the fair market value. What he's uh, what he's saying is that because he owns so many stores here uh, in Western New York, he should be allowed to do whatever he wants to do. And you remember his threat. If this went through, he wasn't going to operate another station here. He was going to close them all up, and he wasn't going to create another job here in Western New York. So that's the kind of guy you're dealing with, somebody who says, if I don't get my way, I'm going to uh, take my ball and go home. But, Pat, if you're the town of Amherst and, say, you sat down with the guy, with John, and he offered to develop it. Now you've got another tax income resource instead of taking it over, building a park where you won't make any money off the land. Except he controls it and he could develop it as a park today and then change his mind tomorrow. How about this? How about he makes the town of Amherst uh, this uh, offer that he'll develop it as a park, leave it as a park for the next 150 years, and he'll pay taxes on it. Do you think he'd go for that? Well, what's he benefiting off it? Well, that's the point. He's he's not going to benefit off it. So why would he want to turn it into a park right now and help the town and and then what? Next week, put up a, a service station. Well, I'm not saying put a. I'm not saying build a park. I'm saying if the town sat down with him and said, okay. We are going to give you a year to give us some kind of development plan. It doesn't have to be a park. It could be a convenience store. It could be a quick fill again uh, that used to be there. But we're going to give you a year to do something with the land. I think that would be in the town's best interest other than turning it into a park. And I've looked around here. Some parks are today eyesores. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, And then the town of Amherst could still make some money off the land. Like I said, I see both sides of the argument. They gave him three years. They've been working with him for three years, according to the Buffalo News article. Well, it seems like there's been some bad communication between the two. (laughs) Or a lack of communication. That too. (laughs) So, So do you believe a guy, a billionaire like him, has bad communicators? You think he got to be a billionaire by having bad communicators? He gets a letter from the town saying, if you don't, do something with his property, we're going to take it. And his excuse is that bad communications. If somebody was going to take your house, do you think there's enough bad communications or take something of yours? You think you'd be a bad communicator, Joe? Well, I don't own a house, so they don't really have anything Believe to take me, from me. If somebody tried to take my house, I'd be very upset. I'm, I'm not a fan of eminent domain. And, and yes, I think he probably is aware of this. They better get their act together because this is getting uglier and uglier. And it's a small parcel with a parcel. At the corner of a busy intersection, I can't understand why they can't come to some meeting of the minds about this. Well, I, I agree. And uh, I don't look when you look at the guy's position, uh, the threat that he'll he'll do this or he'll do that. He doesn't come to this, to my mind, uh, reasonably and say, look, OK, there have been some mistakes. Let's try to work them out. Instead, what he said, according to the news article a couple months ago, and then his voice on your radio uh, at the same time, is that if the town went through with this, he would close up every one of his uh, stations here in New York, and he won't do business in New York, and this is the fault of Andrew Cuomo and other Democrats, and uh, uh, too high a taxes anyways, and he'll close up his doors, and how do you like that? Does that sound reasonable? No, it certainly does not, and it sounds like I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> That's right. So I think both of them need to mature a little and do what's in the best interest of the town. All right. Hey, Pat, thank you for a call. Good call to end the show on. Brenda, before we get out of here, final score. 
Uh, I'm going to hope that the Bills win 31-10, although I have a feeling the Dolphins are going to win. Yeah, you know, I, I hope the Bills will win. But if you ask me for a true score... It is going to be a heartbreaker. I say Dolphins win 17-16. to And I am not, I don't want to say it. I don't want to jinx it, but maybe Hauschka misses an extra point. I'm just going to say. Joe, he's got to get his head together. I'm just going to say it might be a repeat of the Redskins-Dolphins game. That's all I want to (laughs) say. Hey, we will be back here next week. Thank you so much for joining us on Hardline. Again, uh, shout out to Brian Culpa for taking time out of his vacation to spend a a few minutes with us. I wish more politicians would come on this show regardless of their party. We'll see you next week on Hardline. Thanks, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.